0: hello everybody hey so we're matt and zach mz car guys
1: yes, uh, we you are. can find
0: us on uh all of the you can find us follow oh uh, yeah most a lot of social media under mz car guys and on uh anchor.fm forward slash mz car guys uh so matt we're continuing with the germans um Who's next? Um, well, I uh, I think we
1: decided to do uh, BMW.
0: I think that's a really good one. Um, <clears throat> BMW tends to have a, a bit of a history of an identity crisis, kind of a thing, and um, and I and I think we need to discuss that. What do you think?
1: Oh yeah, I mean um, everything from. Uh, their transition from airplanes during the World War to the fact that they are soon half motorcycle, half car. It's very weird.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, they, it, the one thing I have to say about BMW, though, and, and, and it's one thing that I have to really respect BMW for, they have, they have fought and fought and fought as the underdogs um through most of their history um you know it's it's very hard to be in this kind of weird zone where you have mercedes as this because i mean they realistically did cars until the 50s yeah you know um you know and you know, by the 1950s, Mercedes is this established luxury brand of automobiles, and 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 even throughout, you know, the 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 20s and the 30s, you know, as as we as we discussed earlier, Mercedes was like the car of choice for a lot of you know, Europeans, um, you know, uh, who didn't want to shell out the money for, say, a Rolls-Royce or uh, uh, or a Delahaye or an Hispano-Souza, you know, something like that. So to come out into this market, I mean, BMW really had to kind of try to, make the transition and survive. Um, and they've been doing it ever since and they've never been bought out by anyone.
1: That's pretty amazing.
0: It, yeah, it, it, it really honestly is. So um, uh, I, I think we can touch on a couple different things. Um, I'll, I guess I'll start us off with the history, if that's okay.
1: Yeah, I think uh, the best place to start is um, uh, so many people get the name wrong. What does BMW actually stand for? And it's Bayerisch Motor & Werke.
0: Yes, and in English that's Bavarian Motor Works.
1: So, but uh, yeah, I mean they forgot the real start as a company um, making aircraft engines uh, for World War One.
0: Yeah, by Carl Rapp. Yeah, yeah, in, in nineteen thirteen you know, uh, just be, you know, right at the very beginning of World War One, making aircraft engines and stuff, um, you know, putting stuff in the sky, uh, you know, they made V-12 engines and stuff. And then after World War I, uh, they, you know, in between the wars, they began a lot of production of piston-driven aircraft and so forth and so on for what would later become the Nazi Party?
1: Well, the Luftwaffe, more particularly, but yes.
0: I'm sorry. The Luftwaffe, the, the the German Air Force,
1: regardless of who's controlling them, yes.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, and and I think that just needs to be said. You know, they, you know, they, uh, you know, for the Luftwaffe and stuff, and and uh, designed a lot of. Um, they were actually uh, the BMW 003 um, is the first. Applied application of a jet engine uh, in the Messerschmitt okay. Me 262, um, even though the first versions of it weren't that reliable. Um, I, I, I believe in the very early days of the Messerschmitt Me 262s, um, more pilots were killed of M two Me 262s than they. Shot down any Allied aircraft. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think i corrected. Kind of, corrected. of sad. Uh, yeah, but um, it was the it was uh, captured Me 262s. Um, a, you know, after the war, that turned into, uh, you know, and and they you they kind of reverse engineered, um with some help of the engineers who, you know, the German engineers who actually went into it uh, to create what would become our jet engines and stuff, and also Russia and, 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 and so forth. So, yeah, we, we can kind of thank BMW for our jet age, as it were.
1: And I don't want to be a, a downer, but it is worth mentioning that um, we mentioned Mercedes last week, um, or week before last week. Um, and there are issues with uh the concentration camp labor and b m w was not not free of that either uh, no well no. Used the uh the people living in Dachau
0: so you know yeah. we, all,
1: we all have our soils right our our blemishes
0: i i don 't know what you 're talking about anyways um but yeah, but then um you know and 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 also in in the 1920s you also saw uh BMW begin the uh the building of motorcycles and uh and the advancements of that and i think it's very interesting i mean i don't think we're going to get too much into the motorcycles because we are mz car guys <laughs> so i think getting into motorcycles will be not quite our thing, but with BMW, especially in its early days, um, motorcycles are uh, key to their survival um, and so forth. And uh, one, of their, one of their innovations that they made, uh, which is very interesting, is they're the only motorcycle that I know of that instead of doing either belt drive to drive the rear wheel or chain drive, most most BMW motorcycles are driven by a drive shaft.
1: right only one I know of.
0: I, 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 I'm, I'm sure there may have been some kind of you know you know like bare aspirin, you know, kind of motorcycle derivative or whatever that did it, but they're, they're the main ones. And uh, from talking to people who drove motorcycles with that prop shaft, um, they said it was so smooth and very quiet was, was one of their things. Um, But the reason why I bring up the, uh, the motorcycle is because Starting you know going into the 50s and, and and trying to build cars trying to convert yourself from this airplane company that you know most because they were a, because they were an airplane company they, they were an airplane engine manufacturer and the allies knew that their their factories were, heavily targeted um, because by, by, you know, within within I think like the first few months of World War II they really understood that air power was going to be a huge thing in World War II. And so having air supremacy and killing off you know Germany's ability to put airplanes in the sky You know, unfortunately, BMW was the recipient of that targeting. Um, And so trying to get back into the automobiles um, and and doing this under the cloud of, you know, under the shadow of your big brother Mercedes-Benz by the 1960s um, is when BMW first came into its harsh period of time where, they almost were purchased by Daimler.
1: Yeah. Yeah. the uh, The, the post war rebuilding did not go very well.
0: No. Um, but they were saved by a very interesting automobile.
1: Oh yes. <laughs> tell 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 the people about the um, sort of one of the the goals that we have as a as a, as a a company. You and I.
0: Yeah. So as you can, so so if you've ever, (laughs) yeah, if you've ever seen our logo, um, where it's it's basically just a picture of Matt and I, standing beside each other, well, sort of standing beside each other. So I'm (laughs) I'm five foot six, and Matt, you're you're, six. Shut up. Yeah. So you're six two. (laughs) Okay. So there is there is almost 10 inches of difference between the two of us. Um, right. Well, inches. no. We're, well, that's – okay, sorry. We're eight inches difference between the two of us. And so we, when you see the picture of us, I'm kind of standing more force projection. <laughs> so I'm kind of standing a little closer.
1: Not particularly. What it, what, it, what it really is is it's much simpler than that. Is you you look like you're about two three inches shorter than I am, which you know seems more reasonable. Yeah. The fact is that you're standing on the curb and I'm standing in the street.
0: Oh no no no, no. wrong one. Um the 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 one that I oh, use for our, our podcast.
1: Okay. I don't I don't remember that photo, but I'll. But oh okay I get it. I see it now. Yeah. You're right. There's some forced yeah. perspective there. Yeah 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. Force perspective. Yeah. It's where he's wearing a shirt and tie and I'm just kind of you know wearing a regular button up shirt and hat anyways so so one of the things that i want to see and 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 if anyone and if anyone out there is listening please, please 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 let us know uh mzcarguys uh at gmail.com um, i want to see matt driving a bmw isetta the boat <laughs> car uh, with a door that opens up uh, you Gen Xers uh, out there, my 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 fellow Gen Xers, uh, you would recognize it as the uh, as the Urkelmobile. Um, so, yeah,
1: um, yeah but was, okay, the, the door opens on the front. Be be clear about that. The door is on the front of the car.
0: Yes, it is a three wheeler. It, it it was a, it was a three wheeler, but it was also available, weirdly enough, with two. Uh, with uh, um, and, and, and they called it, I believe the uh, yeah the the uh, the BMW 600, um, had uh, had a rear seats and two wheels in the back, but it was kind of a it was just like a bigger version of, you know, of the Isetta, um, right, right. But oh, it,
1: James James May got in one in one of the uh, later Top Gear, UK seasons.
0: Oh, it was hilarious. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. And, And, of course, the car has no reverse gear. So, you know, he drives straight into a wall and then he can't get out.
0: Yeah. And it doesn't have a reverse gear because it's using the drivetrain out of a motorcycle. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And traditionally, motorcycles don't have a reverse gear. So anyways, but it was it was that car plus a few others uh, that they developed, which would later become uh, the seven uh, the five series, um, and what would also later become the three series, um, that, you know, the, 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 the Isetta is what kind of held them in place. And the success of the Isetta held them in place. They didn't have to sell out. They didn't have to give up. And we then get into the seventies, which truly is where BMW was able to get a ground of its own. And this right. is when
1: it's it like first we wheel all wheeling. know and love. What's up? It's a BMW We All Know and Love, right? It's the BMW as we know it today, where there's you know, the three series, the five series, the seven series, and so on.
0: Well, it's it's also where they 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 start to begin to develop. It, it, it it's when they first start to develop. Um, started making cars. It's the first time that they had uh, an identity, like we make this kind of car. You know, and so, you know, they yeah you know, they, they they kind of get away from it during the sixties. Yeah, you know, you had. You know the the two series and stuff and and, and eh, you know those are nice and everything, but you know and you have the you know the two thousand two, but you know they they got away from you know the five hundred one and stuff and but oh oh we gotta talk about the five hundred nine, or sorry the uh, the five hundred seven I think is what it was right. So. Well, talk about the car, because you're you're
1: the deep history guy. I just have trouble trouble carrying on.
0: It's it's quite possibly. Hold on, I gotta look this up now. Um, It's quite possibly
1: the most. Okay, so while Zach's looking this up, five hundred seven or five hundred nine. The to get back to the previous conversation for a second, while he's doing his thing, is oh, it's the five hundred seven. Early seventies. That was when BMW first developed this straight six engine, the first one since World War II. Which is kind mm. of it hasn't changed a whole lot in the last like forty-five years, fifty years. So that's really the foundation of all the stuff that's come come since then. Really, is is BMW oh, oh. straight six going the up plastic. through the Z4 Roadster and the Toyota Supra that's coming out soon? Yeah,
0: go go the blasted thing right. is, is bulletproof.
1: Right. Yep. Yeah. So exact, go back to your five zero, whatever it is
0: so from from nineteen fifty six to nineteen fifty nine um b m w built this the five o seven roadster um, and if I ever get enough money I don't care how much I spend, which I don't think will ever happen, but hey you know what um i I want one of these roadsters oh, it's, that is it's one of the most beautiful cars i think ever made so so imagine imagine a car that has the appeal of a british roadster with the reliability sorry the the appeal of <laughs> you know what i think i think italian roadster reminds me of the shape of it reminds me remarkably a lot like the early uh like, like, like the 50s Ferrari California, but it has the inline six or sorry it, ha- it has the, uh, the the V8 um, and it has that reliability. It's just a beautiful car anyways, sorry, tangent, my bad <laughs> Um, it's,
1: it's, it's a beautiful car. It's it has a bit of the a bit of the Italian. It has this this odd sort of sloping nose that's counteracted by those um, almost almost googly eye round headlights that are kind of Ferrari 250-ish, 250 ish, 250 um, GT ish. It has it has these beautiful Italian curves that the British would never have thought of doing, mm-hmm. um, and side vents that are kind of um, first like C1 Corvette looking um and and it has these forward mounted uh side view mirrors that are very Toyota 2000 GT looking and it's it's just a nice mix it's it's a really well laid out car um that looks like it was built for people's exact size
0: yep regular size people <laughs> absolutely anyways jerk <laughs> like i said yeah so anyways so you know you, you go throughout the 70s with bmw and then we get to the 80s in the 80s it was where i think bmw launched itself into the uh the world market and their kind of mindset or, or, or not mindset um in, in, into their conscious where where they really truly kind of develop themselves, and it was really pushed forward by the M class, where or, or not M class, uh, the the uh, the M cars, M class, not Mercedes. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> you begin with the um, the M one which was uh it's kind of developed in conjunction with Lamborghini and they had i think they had magnesium wheels and stuff like that and and the car they they basically built the car so that they could go racing with the car um but the car never really went anywhere with uh with driving and stuff like that and they actually took that engine and put it into a 5 series And then you began with the M5.
1: Right. Now, the engine should back up just for a second. The car was only built for four years, from 78 to 81. Yeah. And and it was this beautiful old-school wedge shape, you know. um, Oh, it was actually developed by by, uh, Jujaro. Okay. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, It's a classic Jujaro shape. Uh, It's a a three-and-a-half-liter inline-six
0: he didn't he also um, design the, uh, the Vector?
1: Um, I am getting you more specifics on him now. Um, he did one of the early Maserati Ghiblis. He did an Alfa Romeo Julia sprint. Um, he did the DeLorean. Um, oh, well, there you go. The Alfa Romeo 159 is probably the least appealing in all his designs. Um, but no Vector listed. Oh, he did the Golf Mark 1. So he's well, definitely... The good, oh, my my favorite, though, of everything that he did, my personal favorite is the Maserati Mirac.
0: Ooh, that is a nice car.
1: That's It's just, it has a presence to it without being overbearing or, you know, Ferrari-ish. Um, yeah. But I'm all little disappointed, Zach, because you've absolutely skipped past what is quite possibly my favorite Mercedes ever.
0: Mercedes, we're doing. That's
1: awful. I apologize. I'm so, I'm so sorry. My favorite BMW ever. I don't know where that came from. You did it with the M class. I did it with the name, which is the 3.0 CSL.
0: Oh, well. Oh yeah, I did kind of skip over that, didn't I? Gorgeous. That is a beautiful car. The proportions oh, are just.
1: I don't care I what color you the, put it in. I think it's the, I don't the care most how you stripe it. Incredible.
0: Well, I I, I also think it's the most perfectly balanced shape of a car that's not an exotic. Yeah, I'd agree.
1: You know, aluminum alloy doors, bonnet, boot lid, Perspex side windows. Uh, Only 500 were exported to the UK. Um, uh, Never sold in the US. Three liters just just an incredible little car uh the full aero package earned the racing the racing nickname the batmobile
0: <laughs> yeah it did kind of look that yeah. in
1: full M sport trim in that in that uh white with red and blue accents it's it's just a sight to behold and that that massive air dam in the front somehow air dams always make cars look worse except for this one it's just amazing yeah.
0: weird how that is like say uh take for instance the uh uh the, the the original corvette stingray so up to 1972 they had these beautiful little chrome bumperettes on the front and the rear yeah. and it was just this really kind of just sleek look to it right, And then I think in think 1973 they went to this rubberized front to it just like cuz that's when they introduced the uh, the 5 mile an hour bumper right and then it just kind of by the you know by the mid to late seventies it just looked like a cartoon. So
1: just yeah. sad, sad in so yeah. many ways. Exactly. Anyways, <clears throat> uh, so let's, let's get back to the the eighties, uh, the the yuppie yeah. era when everyone yes. and their child was was driving a three series.
0: Well, I, I think one of the uh, It was uh, one of the best explanations for, say, like the early. And now I'm going to have to introduce. This is also when we're really introduced to. um, And other manufacturers kind of used it a little bit, but only really internally. Only with BMW do you really start to now talk about the uh, talk about their cars in terms of their chassis number. Or their chassis identification, oh, sure. And so you now get into a, the E32, which was the 7 Series, or the E30, which was, um, you know, the 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 3 Series at the time, and the E28, which was the which was a 5 Series at the time, and then later on. So you get through all these different things until about. I, I think they used the E until roughly 2006. I think, and that... Um, no.
1: 2007, definitely through 2006. Yes.
0: Well, I, so I think in 2007 is when the 5 Series became the F Chassis. They went from uh, the E Chassis to the F Chassis. Because the last 3 Series was the E90, 91, and 92.
1: Right. And 10, the e started in 06.
0: Yeah, but that, that that's with the 3 Series. But I think in 2007 with the with the redesign of the 5 series it became the F s the F the f series
1: that that's correct
0: yeah the f chassis like the f02 i think is what it was anyways and the and the, so,
1: and the f10 m5 in 2011
0: yes so you you start to it starts to get into its own uh that's also when we got the uh what i think is the most misunderstood uh, of all the BMWs um, and that is the uh, the 8 Series. Uh, the 8 Series to me is a beautiful, wonderful looking car. It looks like a sports car and it's not. It's one of the nicest grand touring cars I've ever personally driven. Now I haven't driven a lot of them and stuff like that but of the ones that I've driven, the 8 Series is just phenomenal. Because when you're out on the freeway, and uh, now I drove an 840. I didn't drive the V12, the 850. Um, but uh, anyways, yeah, the 8 Series was really nice. I, I,
1: I'd agree. It's, it's, it's a large car. It's made to be comfortable and extremely fast. That is a Grand Tour. Well, that's what it is.
0: Now, we also get the introduction of the first Z car. And quite honestly, one of the craziest I, I've ever heard of, um, which is a Z1. It's really interesting because you have going back all the way to the, uh, the sixties with the, uh, with the SLs, you know, with the, the, the Mercedes SL Go wings which was really weird. And then you had the DeLorean, which kind of a gull wing. And then you had, you know, Lamborghinis, which had, you know, the scissor doors. But the Z1 is the only one that I know of that production car where the door went
1: down into the floor. That is crazy to look at too. I've seen video
0: of it. Oh my gosh. So wild. Just to watch it. I mean, it's just—it's so crazy. Um, it's still but later crazy on, how they did it, because because that the, the portion of the
1: car that's from the from the ground, you know, from the base of the car to the door sill is not as
0: tall as the door is itself. It's so it, so happened? it actually it, it it does work. I've actually seen so when I worked at uh when when I worked at the BMW dealership, um you know doing wholesale parts. I actually looked up the uh, the, the complete breakdown, schematic wise, mm-hmm. uh, of that door mechanism, and, and it works. That 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 door piece, that physical door piece, does actually completely disappear uh, down into the floor. I mean, it uses every single square millimeter of space. Um, but uh, but yeah, the whole mechanism and all of that type of thing, yeah, just wild. Absolutely wild. Um, uh, but yeah, but then you get into, uh, you know, the late '80s, the early '90s, um, and that's when you get uh, the E30 uh, M3, uh, what is regarded as the most pure uh, BMW ever built, um, which I think is. I, I think is pretty close um you know it's 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 the it's a sedan but you have just this unending power that that comes from it uh, i've never driven one um, it's it's crazy because uh, an, e, an an e36 m3 uh, sorry e39 m3. sorry yeah m3. yeah yeah e36m3 my bad I'm losing it. So the E36 M3, uh, which would come later, uh, later in the 90s and stuff. Um, I've driven one of those. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I And you can get those actually at a decent price. Uh, you got to be careful because you have to be very careful about if they've been abused and beaten the living daylights out of. Otherwise, if you can find a nicely used one, they're still fantastic. Um, but you can usually pick those up for a pretty decent price. E thirty M threes, I mean, even one that's been beating the living daylights out of, still worth thirty thousand I mean, dollars. It's well, just
1: kind of taking those in eighty seven. Yeah, and they go back a long, long time. Yeah. Um... So it's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful, naturally aspirated straight six engine, uh, you know, understressed, great chassis for the time anyway. And uh, yeah, if you can, if you can find one great, you know, your main issues are going to be rust if you live somewhere, you know, not on the West coast. Um, so since you're talking about the Z cars, uh, let's, let's talk for a minute about what is, well, whether it's a misstep or not in design is, definitely up for debate. What is not up for debate is that it was a radical move that BMW quickly backed off of, which is the so-called clown shoe car.
0: The Z3? I believe it's the Z3 or Z4. Z3. So the Z3 is my favorite Z car. That's actually my own personal favorite BMW for, for just pure driving. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing.
1: So why was it called the clown shoe, Garzak?
0: Well, I mean it's I mean it's. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's. <laughs> <laughs>
1: why was it called the clown shoe?
0: Well, the the styling was a bit um to the person's liking. I personally liked it. I thought it was very. Sleek and 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 uh, and nice. Um, a, it could be interpreted maybe as a particular entertainer's footwear. Possibly. Okay. Look. What, what what
1: what Zach keeps dancing around around on is the fact that this was a car that, in coupe format, was a wagon, and in the wagon. It had a nearly vertical rear window. You had a severely rear offset cabin for for weight distribution. So you had this long nose. And what it well, creates it was... was not,
0: it was an actual coupe.
1: Because, because it was a two-box format, really, is you had this yeah. long, flat nose in front that tapered away, like yep. a car tends to do. And then you had this estate sort of shooting brake look in the back, which ended up with it looks like a freak clown shoe especially with the fact that the wheels were set so far there's so little overhang on the front and the back it just even magnified that whole look of the thing
0: oh but the thing handles amazing oh it's amazing i like drove
1: it, yeah. if you like it buy one man i i, I look at that car night now i i can never not see clown shoe now
0: well see i i i'd have to get a roadster i i just i would have to get the roadster i couldn't do the but uh but, yeah, I mean, just it, it, when you're driving it, it feels like... Now, you have to get... You, so forget about the, the 1.9 four-cylinder that they came with. That thing was just pathetic, and it never should. And only buy one with a, with a stick shift. A, 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 a Z3 and, and an automatic is just sad. Just, just yeah. Anyways, but... But a Z3 with the inline six, whether it's the 3.0 or the 3.2 or the M series of the Z3, you know, it just, they're pretty, weird. <laughs> well, it, 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 when you're driving it and, and you make a curve, it, I, I literally felt like it was swiveling around my hips. Like, 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 like driving the car was that intuitive you know and and because the because the wheel archers are just so large and pronounced um you know you could tell exactly where the front end was so so clipping the apex of any corner was just like a no-brainer you could just easily just see right where it was it was just amazing anyways as we go on uh yeah you you did have later on the Z4 and we'll get into what I refer to the dark ages um yeah the 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 Z4 that replaced the Z3 it, to me it looks like a ground mushroom there's no real design to the hood um you've got this kind of bubbly sort of shape to the front of it and the back end looks like you know they got about halfway through making the making the trunk and then decided just to chop it off and call it a day i mean it just i'm not a fan of the z4 so
1: it is funny we've never discussed design more than we have regarding bmw it's such a integral part of who they are and the appeal of the car and we didn't even realize that we're talking about it but it is it's it's as much about design as it is about driving dynamics or or anything else
0: or interior anything else about the car. It's it's, it's pretty remarkable. Something, just, something also just occurred to me and that is I don't I, I think BMW and I think I'm correct in this BMW is the only German manufacturer that almost really kind of cares about design. They they certainly they
1: certainly look like they put more thought into it, you know. Whether, yeah. whether it's whether I, it's the, the shark front of recent years, or whether it's the obscene kidney grill on the brand new Seven Series, or whatever maybe.
0: I don't think obscene. It's just overly large. <laughs> it's obscene. <laughs> it's gigantic. It's absolutely gigantic. Um, anyway.
1: To other things that are similarly obscene and overly sized,
0: all right, so do we now get into the dark ages? Well,
1: I think we have to. We have to get into the dark that the dark ages that they are now very slowly crawling clawing their way out of like uh like Batman crawling out of the pit that bane was yeah. in
0: so for for those millennials in the audience um b m w during the nineties they had a they had a a moniker to them, and that was the ultimate driving machine. And they really, truly were, because you had the 3 Series, the 5 Series, the 7 Series. The 8 Series we're going to kind of ignore, because they didn't really have that for a while, and it was very limited in that kind of a thing. Um, they had the Z, the, the little Roadster version of it, and then they came out with um what i think in its day and for quite a few years i would argue all the way up until the introduction of the um the the porsche cayenne which is really just kind of a a hot rotted up you know volkswagen tiguan but
1: uh, um, actually, but yeah, I know what
0: you mean. Tw- yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, Touareg. I got my African tribe name wrong. Um, my <laughs> bad. <laughs> uh, um, but, um, but that is the X5, which is just an absolutely brilliant SUV in its day. But that's what I'm saying is that in its day, from about nineteen ninety, yeah, about nineteen ninety, to about two thousand and three, every single BMW in its class was the best in its class. Yeah, how, the, three how, 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 the, the three series was the best series compact. Right, car and driver can best. Yeah, the the five series was the best midsize. And the seven series was the best full size. Right. And to drive. Yeah. And 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 the X5 was the best SUV. You know, and, and it was just they and they did such a good job because they focused so intently on those cars and making them the best that they could possibly be. And the reason why I'm emphasizing this so so much. Is that when they started to introduce, um, and 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 I think it all started with the E46 3 Series. The E46, I I think, is where things started to kind of go downhill. And it's with the E46 that you began that they began to introduce uh, a lot of your stability and traction controls, which isn't bad. Per se, But it's also when they started introducing their SMG transmissions, which shifted faster, but it started to take you out of it. So all these different things that BMW started to, to introduce that made their vehicles faster started to take you more out of the, the, the feeling of the driving out of it. Um and then all of a sudden the M five, which the E thirty nine M five is my favorite M five of all time. And then the next generation M five came out with this V ten. And then the the M the M three came out with a V eight. And it was just and the balance was, was there, but the, the feeling of the car, the, the communication of the car and they became less the ultimate driving machine and now just became just really fast, powerful cars.
1: You know, right. Some some of the, so a lot of the soul was sort of gone, the, you know, the feedback, yeah. the fingertips and, and the well, and even even the change from to electric power steering has taken them a really long time to get right. Yes, really, their idea of electric power steering was: we'll minimize the boost, make the steering feel really heavy, and that will make people think it's sporty. Really, it just means you're yeah. getting arm workout.
0: And and their and even though I, I when they switched over to to turbocharged engines. Which was a must. I, I understand that with, with with emission standards and stuff, and and, and having to reach certain uh, you know certain criteria as far as emissions and everything, uh, gas mileage wise, in order to to stay with it, they had to go to a turbocharged engine. It was the only way that you were going to keep into the horsepower war without you know just you know just shooting yourself in the foot but it also took them a little while to get that right too. Mm -hmm. So, so there's this period of time from about 2016 to, I'd say probably about 2016. I'm sorry, uh, 2006 to about 2016, about 2015, 2016. And, and, and that's also when they started going a little bit. Mm. I'm I'm gonna say model crazy. Should we call it that, oh, Matt?
1: The, the model multiplication that's happened in the last, let's be generous, five years, probably. under BW is absolutely ridiculous. And the thing that gets me is, is in twenty twelve or twenty thirteen, BMW came out and exactly. said, "Hey, we're doing some model diversification. We're going to make things less confusing for you. Instead of having, for example, a BMW M three available in coupe or sedan, we'll have the BMW M three be a sedan and the M four be a coupe. And we'll have all of our even numbers are going to be two doors, and all of our odd numbers are going to be four doors." And I said, "Great, this will make that makes easy. sense for the long run." let's do it and then it was not even 2 years later that they came out with the BMW 4 series grand coupe slant roof 4 door
0: yeah what wh- what where where what in the world on? where in the world did 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 peep did manufacturers come up with and even Mercedes is doing oh. this also
1: well, Mercedes started it, to be fair. They started it with a CLS.
0: Yes, but you cannot call a car, a Grand Coupe if it's got four doors. I just think it's wrong.
1: Just just people need to stop it. Stop with the four-door.
0: Yeah. The it's word, a four-door. It's a sedan. Word, be
1: happy. Red. It means cut. Two doors were cut out. Yeah,
0: there you go, done. Okay, rant over with for now. Another thing that I want to enter. Okay, sorry, another rant. Very quickly. So <laughs> Matt and I, we we, we did a we, we did a video several years ago, and it's actually one of our first videos together, and. uh, and it is um, what was at the time, because we were still in, in, in the midst of the Dark Ages at the time, and it was this theory that BMW, through its kind of trying to be more of a mass appeal car, and Lexus trying to be a more mass appeal car, That Lexus and BMW kind of morphed themselves into the same company, almost model for model. Yeah, it was insane.
1: It was Lexus trying to gain sporting credibility and BMW trying to gain, like you said, mass appeal, and both of them are failing at it.
0: Yeah, and they both became. I mean, I I mean, and, and it was, and we went through it, and it was almost model. For model, like whatever b m w had Lexus had the exact same car and it and and that car was almost the exact same as that car, and it was just it was it was it was crazy it was absolutely crazy, but in that uh random ramblings as as we titled it, one of the things that I pointed out was that I was just so frustrated by the fact that. You you can't. So so first off, I hate alphanumeric names for cars. It gives you no kind of like sense of feeling. You know, like oh. like when I say El Dorado, you know what I'm talking about. If I say right. Corvette, there's this kind of image that comes out.
1: Right, but uh, what's, Mustang
0: what's the, the XT4. Yeah, yeah, really XT4. G- Cadillac, really? Anyways, so one of the things that was really frustrating was is that in the early days with BMW, when I said 3.0 CSL, guess what? It had a 3-liter in line 6.
1: Right. And what was a 550i?
0: A 550i was a 5-series with a 5.0 V8.
1: And
0: the 850i? The 850i was an 8-series with a 5.0 V12. And what is the two
1: 240i M package car?
0: Uh, that would be, uh, first off, an abomination. Um, <laughs> it does exist. But that would be a... Two series with what size engine, Matt? It's a three liter inline six. Huh. It's kind of funny because a 2002 BMW 540i was a five series with a 4.0 liter V8. Mm-hmm. You're right. So you a 40 and a 240 have two completely different engines completely um it's
1: i think it's a twin i think it's a turbo turbo engine i'm I'm fairly certain and then um and on top of that the uh the three make sure i get this right the three modern 328 and the 330 are two differently tuned versions of the same two liter four-cylinder turbo uh, I mean,
0: it's just, it's a lie. It's, it's, it's how they've not been sued for false advertising. And of course, BMW's
1: I, I... rationalization is, is that the 40 series has, with a turbocharged inline six, has the same power as the old four liter V8 had, which which was naturally aspirated, And that's their justification for it. When we all really know it's just marketing because higher numbers sell cars.
0: Exactly. Because nobody is going to buy a two twenty no God. M package. <laughs> exactly. Anyways. Now one of the things all right, so 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 let's start talking about the the coming out of the the, the dark ages when BMW got its mojo back. Well, they're still trying. Yes. Well, I, I I think they're doing a very good job. I really honestly think they're doing a very good job. Um, evidently, um, the the new uh, M three.
1: Yeah. It's is. Been good
0: reviews. Yeah, it, it's considered the best M three since the E thirty six M three.
1: Fair point.
0: So, you know, and the the actual uh M two, the M two with competition,
1: correct? Mm-hmm. Or oh, we can get with it without, yeah.
0: Yeah. Is just considered just one of one of the most uh a BMW that has the, the the true sense of what a BMW used to be. Right. And um,
1: and and it does not this is not a trick question or not, not, a, not a quick quiz for you, Zach but a big part of the reason people are saying that is, and this is part of the other tragedy, the 2 Series is the last BMW you can buy new with a stick shift.
0: Which is sad.
1: That's it. That's the last yeah. It's all you get.
0: I mean, because when you, when you try, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe somebody else out there Who's listening to us can kind of tell us this. You drive a Ferrari because it's fast. You drive a Mercedes because um, you either want some German luxury or you want you like if you got if you get like an AMG you just want just bonkersness. You want a BMW. Be you know, an M and especially an M BMW because it makes you feel like a race car driver. It gives you that sense of connectedness to the car that makes you it it makes you feel like you're so much better than you probably are. And right,
1: the car talks back to you,
0: yeah, the car talks to you it 's almost telepathic is is what it 's supposed to be and 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 apparently, and i haven 't driven one, but apparently the new m two does that um and, and also i I guess the m five the new m five of, of of from what we 're hearing. Yeah.
1: There's mixed reviews on the M5. People are saying that the all-wheel drive isn't, isn't that great. People are saying it's a rocket ship in a straight line, but it's too heavy to be good in the corners. But, but that it's a very good all-wheel drive system for what it is. So there, there's some mixed reviews on it. I, I will definitely hold back judgment. Um, yeah. Is there anything else I wanted to make sure we don't miss the i8?
0: Well, I, well, I was, I was about to want to get into that, and that is. BMW's uh, beginning to introduce uh, the electric and the hybrid power and, and the hybrid power cars. Um, and and I'll let you speak about the i eight. Oh, good. Okay, so <laughs> let,
1: let's 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 get a couple things out of the way. Whether this is considered a supercar or not, uh, I don't think so. It's it's sort of part of this new category. I would say, which is is sort of the cars that are between 100 and 200k roughly, um, sort of the super sports car kind of a thing. Um, the new R8, uh, the Acura NSX, and so on. Okay, moving on. Yeah, okay, you can buy it as a Cooper or Roadster, Roadster meaning no top. Um, it's a transverse mid engine, fine mid engine, good, all wheel drive, okay, fine. Yep, butterfly doors, fantastic, looks great. Yep, hybrid tell me more mhm 7 People kilowatt hybrids yep 7 kilowatt hour lithium ion battery okay F- to That's give big. you an objective on the size of that battery okay that battery is even smaller than the one in the prius prime toyota that gives you 25 miles of range on a car that is a car that is all about the mileage and about nothing else okay it's Half the size of the battery in any other decently respectable plug-in hybrid. It is a plug-in. Uh, mm-hmm. six, right? Is that? Okay. Good. Okay. Electric range is a respectable 15 miles. The car is slightly longer than a Honda Civic, has two seats, and it has the engine from a base model Mini Cooper, a three-cylinder turbo. Yeah. Model Mini Cooper. Okay. The motor, that by motor, I mean electric motor, uh, is rated at, and I just lost it. I apologize. I had these numbers a minute ago in front of me. Um, Just a second here. I will find this. Well, it has a a, uh, zero to uh, 60 of 4.4 seconds. Um, And
0: it's, it's okay. uh it's hundred twenty yeah, so the electric motor is two hundred and twenty horsepower with two hundred and twenty pound feet of torque thank you, and then between the uh,
1: the motor itself is one hundred and thirty one horsepower and the engine
0: fills in the rest. yeah sorry 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 yeah two twenty yeah, so, yeah, okay,
1: so here's the thing
0: well no 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 the, I think the combined the combined output. Both of them are 349 horsepower and 406 pound-feet of torque.
1: Okay, thank you. That makes more sense. Give me the number. Yeah, yeah. 4.4 seconds to 60. Would you like to guess what cars in that price range are faster 0 to 60 than that car?
0: I think all of them. Everything.
1: (laughs) Okay, the Toyota, the 2020 Toyota Supra which has a base price of $49,300 is 4.1 seconds to 60 and it costs a fourth as much. Wow. The Acura NSX, which costs starting price is $40,000 less is 1.2 seconds by most people's standards, 1.3 possibly seconds faster, zero to 60. Yeah. Yeah, understand this car. I it's nice to look at in some colors, in other colors, you're going kind to of go, Wait, what? I don't, yeah. When, what when it's in white, it looks fantastic, which is rare for sports cars, but yes, it does yeah. look fantastic. It's just, well, part of the thing is the BMW thing, right? The white, you expect the white with the, with the red and blue accents and the whole thing yeah i just and 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 zach we're not going to get too specific here but we both know that you happen to work in in uh, a particular neighborhood in northern california where these things are everywhere
0: oh my gosh yeah no i'll 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 say it i yeah i work in in walnut creek california a very affluent area um you know we uh you know, if, if you look up on Instagram, uh, hashtag cars of Walnut Creek, uh, you'll see a ton of cars that I've put on there, and yeah, there's just, oh my gosh, you know, I I, I think there was not unusual. No, 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 not at all. I mean, I I, I see I see an I eight. Every every two three days, yeah. at least one. It's it just, I
1: don't understand. I understand the car as a compliance car, right? For the EPA, because they make all these sports cars and they got to find something else to do that'll kind of, you know, offset the, the emissions or whatever they're doing.
0: But I, think well, I, I think, I think I it's more than that. I think it's more
1: than Because BMW has said that their end goal is to have an I division, not just the I3 and the I8, but an actual I division that puts out all these forward-thinking, technologically forward cars, right? All they've had... I don't even know when they got... 2012, I think they started... Well, 2012 and 2013, they they brought up the first prototypes, But it wasn't that long after maybe 2014 that they brought them to market and they have done nothing since. Yeah, it's... You have a 10 cannon wheels and an i3 and you have an i8 that makes no sense.
0: Well, i3 is just... I, And I know... I know that there is a, a real a, a crowd that loves the I3. There's this kind of funkiness to it. Um right.
1: it's you know like I in the early 2000s.
0: Well, no, I think it's even worse than that. I I think it's the the people who buy I3s and love I3s are the same kind of people who used to buy the AMC Gremlins and just love the AMC Gremlin.
1: Okay. Fair. You know. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: So yeah,
1: if, if you're one of those people, we'd love having you. Thank you for being a listener. I do want to have mm-hmm. a nice little conversation with you and find out more about you.
0: Yep, and then we'll go see an optometrist. Anyways,
1: hearing <laughs> <laughs> check because apparently those cars rattle like nobody's business.
0: Yeah, but anyways, um, but but I do want to say that the I three is the rear wheel drive. But go ahead. Yeah. Well I, one of the things that that I think um, I, I I do want to compliment BMW on recently is other than other than I think Volvo, I think they've embraced plug-in hybrid probably better than any other luxury autom- automotive manufacturer. I mean, you know, it's just, you know, with you know, the the inclusion of it in the 5 Series, in the 3 Series, uh, in their X Series, um, you know, uh, it's
1: I To to build off of that, to build off of that. um, They've done a very good job with that. However, they are known for notoriously small battery packs and having the plug-in be just a way of sort of manufacturing emissions compliance once again. I know it's a bit cynical, but I'm I call them like I see them, but the, yeah. one thing that they are doing that I do really appreciate is they're trying to take the concept of inductive charging that's used in phones, where you can lay your phone down on a pad and charge it G-style, and they're trying to make that work on a car, where if you have a BMW, you probably have a driveway, um, and have a spot on your own lane. <laughs> let's be fair. Um, yeah. where, you can, where you can park that car over a big, usually black kind of a pad, and you don't have to plug anything in, it just charges overnight. Now it's got a long way to yeah. go and that technology needs a whole bunch of help before it becomes even close to being you know, ready for prime time. Um, and we're going to wrap things up here because we're running a little bit long, but um, yeah. it is just, it's admirable that they are on that, on that path because I think, honestly, if they can conquer that, they are going to overcome one of the major obstacles people have about electric cars which is if you can just pop into a parking spot at work and be on top of a charging pad and charge your car all day in your usual parking spot, the yeah. whole idea about finding a charger or, you know, finding a place to plug in is going to be gone and that anxiety won't exist anymore. And so that, yeah. that, I'm genuinely excited about that for the future for electric cars. Uh, where We have one wireless charging standard like cheap is for phones and and that's all there is to it. And there's no, and you don't have four different charging standards around the world, which is untenable. It cannot continue this way. People will not buy electric cars if that's the way it continues to be. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, Matt, I think we've, uh, think I think we've we really kind of covered that. I appreciate it. Well, we are MZ Car Guys. Uh, you can find us on most uh, social medias at MZ Car Guys uh on uh, uh FM forward slash mzcarguys and uh drop us a line on our email mzcarguys at gmail.com uh matt
1: all right we'll see you guys next time
0: absolutely vroom vroom